The Espies will air on July 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC. And stick with me for a second. I know you didn't turn on this show to hear me talk about sports. But between now and June 25th, you can vote on the best WWE moment because that is one of the ESPYs. There are 16 moments in the running. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're taking a look at the 16 moments nominated, and we'll try to decide which one we think should win the ESPY. But we're also going to look and see if there are any moments that we think are missing. John DeCani is here. We have headlines from the last 24 hours, including AEW's format once they go on the road. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show for June 17, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. The SB for the best WWE moment in what I think must be SummerSlam to SummerSlam. Haven't found that criteria anywhere, but that is what we're discussing today. John DeConi, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you this morning? Very good, very good. And as I mentioned in the opening, the ESPYs are going to air on July 10th. And so between now and then, you can actually go and vote on all of these moments. There's eight matchups in the first round. And then a little bit later this month, maybe the 25th or so, they're going to be narrowed down to eight and then so on and so forth. They'll reveal the final four. And then on the big day, the very big day, July 10th, we'll find out the WWE moment of the year. Last year, John, it was Roman Reigns with his comeback after being out with leukemia as the WWE moment of the year. It's hard to uh, compete with that. That happened just before, and it led up to a match at SummerSlam. So, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. That was huge, him coming back. He was going to probably headline WrestleMania. He had his health issues, and it was huge when he came back. It really pulled at the heartstrings and all, and then he went right back to being a total badass. That's right, yeah. All right, so here is the matchups. Starting with match one, it's Dominic Mysterio making his in-ring debut at SummerSlam with his dad in his corner. That's going up against Roman Reigns returning to SmackDown and aligning with Paul Heyman. Roman wins this one for me. Sorry, Dom. In the blink of an eye, not even a second for me. As much as uh, I think in Dom's first match, the tables match with Rollins, he did execute an excellent white Russian leg sweep with the kendo stick. Still, Roman and Heyman all the way. Yes. Match two is Pat McAfee confronting and punting Adam Cole. His match was really the thing that I thought should be on here, his actual match, Pat McAfee, but it's actually just his punting of Adam Cole. And that's going up against Goldberg's return to fight Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble. So I'm giving Pat McAfee the nod here. Yeah, I had all kinds of issues with Goldberg. You, you remember that was on it was on Legends Night, and Drew had bumped into all the legends and had a nice little tete-a-tete with every one of them. And then Goldberg comes out and says, you have no respect. It made no sense, no. actually. That return was a very non-moment, if you will, or a dubious moment. So Pat McAfee and Roman Reigns advancing so far in our bracketology – Match three is Keith Lee breaking Adam Cole's 403-day reign as NXT champion. That was at the Great American Bash. And then it's going up against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, becoming the first black woman to battle in a WrestleMania main event. John, where'd you go on this one? 
Keith Lee being champ champ is a pretty big moment. I would probably still give it to Sasha and Bianca. And you know, the internet voting world is giving it to Sasha and Bianca. Yes, absolutely. I was there for the Sasha and Bianca match. It was a very big moment in the arena and I, and around the world. It's a little bit polarizing because some people didn't think it should have been in that position, but in any event, I think that's the one that's advancing here in matchup number four. Edge winning the 2021 Men's Royal Rumble and winning it from the number one spot. Third person to do that. It's going up. It's Kevin Owens signing Logan Paul at WrestleMania. Sorry, KO, you're not making the list. I completely agree. Edge becoming the third or fourth person to win multiple Rumbles, win it from the number one position, his age, the comeback. Who's Logan Paul? <laughs> and he gets a one-on-one match at WrestleMania for the Universal Championship. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Daniel <Not> so Bryan <laughs> effect. <laughs> we must always remember the Daniel Bryan effect. Matchup number five is Sasha Banks winning the SmackDown Women's Championship at Hell in a Cell, going up against Randy Orton, setting the Fiend on fire at TLC. That was a moment. It was a bit hokey. I'm giving it to Sasha on this one. I went with Randy here just for the holy bleep factor. He just set a man on fire. <laughs> like that, that was filmed pretty well. It, it was hokey in the long view of things, but in the moment you're like, they're not going to do this. Are they going to, Oh, they did it. <laughs> <laughs> now the Sasha and Bailey match from that hell in a cell. I just thought that match was so good and so different. And then it's very tough because there were three hell in a cell matches on that card. And I thought they did great. And they were the middle one, too. So I give it to them. On that same card, you easily could have had the Roman and Jey Uso Hell in a Cell match on this list as well. I thought that was an excellent match and really advanced the story. So now Undertaker's 30th anniversary and his final farewell going up against Bobby Lashley winning the WWE Championship for the first time. Oh, this is a tough one. These are like high seeds in this bracket put in the same opening round. This was really tough because it's Taker. Yeah. But... There was a lot of significance, Lashley finally winning that title. And quite frankly, I didn't love the way the Taker thing was done. Like it just, the presentation of, I mean, my heart, Taker has been such a cornerstone of that company for most of my life. But I think the the significance of Lashley winning the title moved him on to the next round of my bracket. Yeah, it, it seems to me like the the Lashley win should probably win this. I don't think it will, though. Taker's who I advanced in this, but you can certainly make an argument either way as we have done so here. So It was also the return of Paul Bear from the grave in holographic form. True. Bailey turning on Sasha Banks goes up against Bad Bunny, winning at WrestleMania alongside Damian Priest with the Bunny Destroyer. (laughs) I gave this nod to the Bunny Destroyer only because that Bailey and Sasha turn, we were like waiting for since the moment they got together for that to turn and it just waited and waited and finally turned. And then I didn't think they did everything I wanted them to do with that in the end. That is a good point. I, I gave it to Bailey and Sasha just because I'm a mark for the big heel turn. But sure. and, and anyone who's watched this show or the EWP knows how I felt about the whole bad bunny situation leading up to it. Although <laughs> I will give it its credit for definitely over delivering. I had no expectations of that match, and it did not embarrass itself. In fact, it over-delivered, but I still gave it to the big heel turn. And the thing about this is Bailey and Sasha together were heels. 
this was really a face turn for Sasha. Yeah, the point. Bailey turn from the year before ought to have been very high on the list. Finally, match number eight: Bianca Belair winning the Women's Royal Rumble, setting the record for the most time in the match, going up against the Miz cashing in money in the bank at elimination chamber and winning the championship bianca belair is who i chose in this one i could not pick the miz i had a problem with both of these moments because i think bianca's moment was just rushed i didn't think she was ready i think we're continuing to see every week that she's still not bailey's back and shoulders should look more defined than raquel gonzalez because she has been carrying this feud and carrying <laughs> this women's division for over a year now. And just the, the fact that Miz became a two-time Grand Slam champion it hurt my soul to write the name Miz in the next bracket, but I did it. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, John, what do you give the overall on this, too? Overall, okay. SB for WWE Moment of the Year Based on the 16 moments that ESPN has put out, what is the one that you're picking as the moment of the year? Okay, my moment of the year, different from what I think will win the fan vote moment of the year, when you think of the biggest moments in wrestling history, let's take out Hogan slamming Andre, because that may be the single biggest moment in wrestling history. <clears throat> you think of all the other moments that you just cannot forget about, Hogan dropping the leg at Bash at the Beach. Andre ripping the shirt off in Piper's Pit. Yep. Uh, Rollins breaking up the shield with the chair shot. The barbershop window. They're all big heel turns. For me, the moment of the year, which will make him a two-time running champion, is Roman's affiliation with Heyman. Because in essence, it is the heel turn for this huge Superman character that we spent a whole era waiting to happen with John Cena that we never got. And so many people, after they got over the warm fuzzies of Roman coming back from his illness, went right back to hating him for being too boring, for never doing the, and never making the heel turn. And here it was. For me, that was an oh my God moment. He's, they're actually going to finally do this turn someone heel that we've been asking for them to turn heel for a long time. So for me, it's Roman. Yeah. So I have in the finals, that would have been Roman and the undertaker in the finals here. And I also go with Roman here. And it's a good thing that you had selected Roman because if not, I have this vision of Roman reigns in your room there, giving the guillotine to your brother or your family or something and asking you to acknowledge him. Very good. So that is the subject. That's the SBs. Now, we went through all the moments, but there's a few that are clearly missing from the list, right? Like we can talk about some WWE moments of the year. I have Christian winning the or returning at the Royal Rumble. Didn't make the list. Wonder why. <laughs> Sonya Deville losing to Mandy Rose at SummerSlam and having to leave WWE sure. momentarily. <laughs> I also have the breakup of Heavy Machinery. Great year, <laughs> and I wrote down April 15th. Yeah. That's a moment where the WWE released a whole bunch more people right after WrestleMania, including Samoa Joe, who just returned yep. last night. Yeah. Something they basically did last year, too, with running it back with Drake Maverick. Okay, he's going. 
And nah, we, we like him. We're going to keep him around. <laughs> <laughs> what did you have missing from the list? I had, and I think this would have made, we just talked about this in pre-production. It probably would have bumped KO stunning Logan Paul had it been a title change and not a title retention. But I thought that Drew and Randy's ambulance match and the fact that it was the culmination and the payoff of Randy doing dirty to all these legends and then all the legends got involved in the match. I thought that was the way. And then there's just a couple of others that are worth mentioning, but maybe they didn't, they weren't necessarily worthy of the list. The breakup of the New Day at the draft last year, The Fiend actually attacking Alexa Bliss. There was that, they had that weird energy between the two of them. And then when he dug in that mandible claw, that was a whoa moment. No coming back for Alexa after that. No. And then, of course, the one that is just glaring by its absence, the Murphy and Aaliyah kiss. <laughs> I thought we were headed for another wrestling wedding and goodness gracious, no payoff. Broke my No heart. payoff at all. And Murphy was released, not on April 15th, but later. So maybe they'll show up in a different promotion and finish that angle out. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, that's what's missing. That's the SB report. I promise we probably won't talk about SBs again until next year. Yes. Well, maybe we'll have a short news item at some point when we figure out who wins. But right. in any event, we have so many more headlines, including a really good story about AEW and their format once they go back on the road in regards to their taping. So do stay tuned. We have all that headlines and more right after this short commercial break. if you love the daily wrestling news show then i want to tell you how you can support us first check out bodyslamclothes.com you can get a variety of shirts for just 20 dollars, and all of them come in the super soft style and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping get 10 percent off two or more shirts with the promo code shirts 10 go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out and join joey jarzanka ian schreier and rob deluca on friday nights for the primetime rundown they take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. All right, we are back with headlines, but a couple of programming notes there. The primetime rundown actually has moved to Mondays at 7 p.m. So uh, look for the primetime rundown there. And then I also want to mention that Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Do sign up for that now if you aren't a subscriber. And if you are a subscriber, look for a completely new format. I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be great, and it comes out this Friday, tomorrow. Okay, that aside, we have headlines. And I have been teasing the AEW story, so I want to kick off with that. 
Mike Johnson from PW Insider spoke to Tony Khan. He was there for the big presser yesterday when they announced that they are going to be having a dynamite in New York City. So he spoke to Tony Khan about the format going forward. And here is the news from that. Wednesdays, AEW will have Dynamite live. And before Dynamite, they're going to record a shortened version of Dark Elevation. After Dynamite, they will tape Rampage. But there will be times throughout the year where Rampage is a live show. For instance, the Go Home for a Pay-Per-View. They will be live. AEW Dark will be a studio-type show where Tony said he's going to get a venue and they are going to do the tapings there. And it will continue on as a developmental program. So it'll be very separate, very different from Dynamite. And that's the news. That is the format going forward. So if you go to a Dynamite, you're likely to see a whole three-hour to four-hour presentation that includes Dark Elevation, Rampage, and Dynamite. That's, that will certainly be worth uh, the price of admission. Um, maybe turn out to be a long day, but it's good stuff. Yeah, I have been wondering this for quite some time, what they were going to do. Low-key hoping they would shorten those dark shows because yeah. sometimes they go way, way long. They get ridiculous, yeah. A half hour, 45-minute dark elevation would be great. AEW Dark, I think, is probably going to stay in the same lengthy format based on the idea that they're going to do a studio show. And then Rampage afterwards. Remember, if it's a tape show, you're not going to sit through commercials and stuff like that. So that'll go a little faster. Live ones will obviously, when you go to those, that's going to be at least an hour. And they'll probably do some other stuff there too. Sure. Tony Khan also confirmed in the same interview with Mike Johnson that All Out will be from the Sears Center in Chicago. We knew it was going to be Chicago, but they have run the Sears Center. They've also run Wine Trust. And if you're traveling to Chicago, those are not anywhere near each other. So it was a good clarifying point. People can now book travel if they're planning on going. <laughs> so, so that is some of the AEW news, but also we found out, as I mentioned, that they are doing their first New York City show. It's on September 22nd at the Arthur Ashe Tennis Stadium in Flushing. They're calling it Grand Slam, which is interesting because that's what New Japan is calling their stadium series shows. So not sure if I'm reading too much into that, but it would be cool if there was some crossover there as well. Sure, a little crossover, yeah. So I think that's big news, John. New York City show. That's pretty close to your uh, neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. Every wrestling company wants to perform in New York City. It's the forever home of the WWE, and it's a little slap in the face to them anytime you book a, a big venue there. And the fact that it's going to be at the Arthur Ashe Center there, that would be very interesting to see what that looks like. I'm, I'm looking forward to that very much. Yeah, it's the first pro wrestling event that will ever be there. And I looked at some of the pictures. It seems like it's a really steep because it's tennis. So I guess they're, yeah. the, uh, the aisles seem very steep. So I think it'll be an interesting presentation. And that is going to be September 22nd. So September 15th is Newark. September 22nd is going to be New York City. And September 29th is Rochester, New York. So they really are working encroaching on the classic WWE territory. Yeah, they're making their way into that Northeast territory. And the following week after that, I think it's October 6th, is Philadelphia. So these are mainstays for the E. There's going to be some hot crowds, too. Yes, yes. So 
we have that news from AEW, and I think that rounds out most of the AEW news, but we have an interesting point that came up about MLW yesterday. They're pulling all of their content off of YouTube, and it looks like they're signing on with a streaming service. I don't know who, but they were talking to Discovery not that long ago. Wouldn't it be interesting if they ended up on Peacock? <laughs> Yeah, that, we've had that rumor of there being some kind of working relationship there with uh, WWE. That would make a lot of sense. That'd be very fun. So, and it'd be a big boost for them, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Because Peacock being the home of WWE, you already have all these wrestling fans on that platform yeah. bringing your product there. Yeah, you're going yeah, to have some people trip over MLW yeah. and just... Take a look, and you never know when you're going to find a fan for life. There you go. That's right. So that's MLW news. And, of course, they're making their return in July. They have been absent for a little bit. They're still doing some buzzworthy things. They're promoting a big battle royal that's Royal Rumble style that's going to be in, in July. So we'll talk about that once it gets a little closer. In the meantime, we have the continuation of WWE's 50 Greatest Tag Teams. Yesterday, that came out. The next set of 10 people or teams and demolition watch is over john there was always the chance because it is the wwe that they were going to just erase them from history because they have a penchant for doing that so they didn't do that which would have been unthinkable but demolition outside the top 10 come on vince <laughs> <laughs> it hurts me a little that's my favorite of all time yeah, yeah, they were the baddest men on the planet. As someone who didn't see LOD till the second half of their careers, Demolition were the baddest men on the planet when I was, you know, 10 years old. Absolutely. So the this list, Undisputed Era comes in at 20, followed by Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas, Toru Tanaka and Mr. Fuji at 18, the Steiner Brothers at 17, Rock and Sock Connection at 16, Wild Samoans, the Rockers, the Mega Powers hit number 13, the Valiant Brothers, number 12, and Demolition at number 11. The Steiners, we were talking about that, John. We were wondering if the Steiners would make the list. They were only there at WWE for a short period of time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good that they gave the nod to a team like that. There are some other teams that were in the WWE for a short time with big names that clearly are not going to get mentioned. So good on them for leaving the Steiners in there. Yes. So now we're we only have the top 10 left. So it's fun to now think, okay, what are these top tens? And you brought up before in pre-production the trio of the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudleys. They've got to be in there. The Hart Foundation's got to be in there. The Bulldogs have got to be in there. We think the Brothers of Destruction have to be in here. Yeah. And and who else, John? you got to have the New Age Outlaws in there. you got to have the recency bias. And even though they're, they're not done painting their picture, the Usos and the New Day got to be in there. Yep. And yeah, we've mentioned 10 teams there. So then we still have Arn and Tully that we're not talking about. And I'd say, man, you got to put Sasha Banks and Bailey on this list. I don't so, know if they'll like say, no, this is the men's list and not put them on, but they should be on the top 50. Yeah, most certainly they should be. We should have seen them already. No offense to them, but if they make it inside the top 10, That'll be a, a double wow because that means one of those 10 we just mentioned will not make it. Will not make the top 50. Yeah. Which is a big deal for all those teams. It'll be interesting that you have a thought on who number one is based on what we know so far. I've got my number one. 
my number one is always going to be the Dudleys because they did it everywhere and they, but they, they had a nice long run and definitely left their stamp in WWE. Yeah. I feel like the Dudleys are a safe bet because I don't have to deal with Christian being in AEW and Matt Hardy being in AEW. The Hart Foundation, that's a possibility that they could be that number one team, but they weren't, they weren't nearly as prolific as some of the other tag teams that we've talked about. Brett was went, went on to be a, an enormous singles competitor, but maybe yeah. it's the New Age Outlaws. Could be. Yeah, I could see them doing that. It would give me a chuckle because when you think of them, you think of they seem to always have the belts, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily think of them as being this amazing tag team. They weren't exactly technicians. They just ran their gimmicks so well. They used their heel tactics. It was one of those things where they would just put the belts on them in between every new team that they would drop in the APA would win for, would have the belts for a little while back to the new, to me, I feel like the new age outlaws had the belts for 10 years straight and they just let them out every once in a while. The fun thing for me, when I think back at the new age outlaws is one week, you've got the roadie singing with my baby tonight on his way to the ring. And you've got on the same show, you've got Billy Gunn, in his rockabilly character with the honky tonk man as his manager. That's one week. The next week we've got these guys together. It's the road dog and Billy Gunn. They're hitting people with boom boxes and making the wins and, or guitars or whatever they're doing, but they're winning. They're a team. And they went from the job squad, not the actual job squad, but they were not winning matches. They were enhancement talent on the team (laughs) to be significant players in the tag team world and they went on to great success in those roles so it's very fun to see somebody kind of progress from in like enhancement level talent to an actual player yeah that is one of those cases and it ha- it happened with the bar not that Seamus was a member of any job squad but every once in a while they slap two guys together and at first you're like why or how does this make sense? And they just catch lightning in a bottle. And the, the outlaws might be one of the best examples of that in uh, WWE history. Yep. Yeah. And I wouldn't actually put Farouk and Bradshaw too far behind that. You know, they, were kind of, they were struggling as singles guys as well. And then JBL went on to have a great WWE career after API. Okay. A couple of more headlines to get out of the way before we get out of here for the day. Ring of Honor announced that they're doing something crazy. They're going to have an event on august 21st SummerSlam night <laughs> oh um, now this is a coming from the 2300 arena in philadelphia so they're not trying to compete for a live ticketed gate in las vegas or anything against SummerSlam. and but it will be streamed live on their honor club platform so it's really the first event that they've announced since they have the they have a live event in july at in baltimore but this is the first one outside of maryland that they will be holding or that they've announced anyway so very interesting decision to go head up <laughs> SummerSlam. Wow. They're gutsy. They do this thing all the time. I, I, I should say it's kind of news, but it's also it's their MO. They're not afraid to do this. So Daniel Bryan and CM Punk's got a headline this week. Yeah, watch out SummerSlam. So <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Honor Club subscriptions if they do that. It's not even a pay-per-view. It's just if you get their streaming service, you're going to get this as one of their shows. So hmm. Okay, so Nicole Savoy and Mandy Leone are the latest added to Ring of Honor's Women's Quest for Gold tournament. We're up to 10 names now, so I got to imagine it's a maybe a 14-person uh, field because Angelina Love is getting the bye in the first round. So we still have a few more names to, to come out. But Nicole Savoy, that's a name that I know. 
Mandy Leone is a is a Ring of Honor uh, staple of the division. She's signed talent, so made sense that she was added. They're filling that that bracket out very nicely. We don't know how big the bracket's going to be, but there's going to be a lot of talent in there. Absolutely. And then ACH, there's something going around in the world of wrestling where people are retiring or leaving or whatever. But he went to Twitter. He said, no need for dramatic or emotional wordplay as of today. I will step away from professional wrestling. Thank you all for the support and love. So ACH is done. Did he have any uh, nagging injuries or anything like that you know of? I don't, I don't know his, his whole repertoire very well there. Not that I'm aware of. He was doing work in New Japan and he was doing work in MLW. He was busy. Yeah. I don't know what happened here. Maybe he didn't get a contract with either company and going forward, and that has led to him needing to take another job anyway. So I don't know. He even worked some GCW a little bit. So he was busy. But we'll see. When the world opens up completely and all these indies are running again, they're going to be looking for people, and people will knock on his door, I'm sure. Absolutely. New Japan announced two upcoming title matches for their Summer Struggle series. The Summer Struggle in Sapporo, that's on July 10th and July 11th, is going to be headlined by El Desperado versus Taiji Ishimori for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. And then on night two, it'll be Saber and Taichi versus Sonata and Naito for the tag team titles. Sonata and Naito going for those tag titles. Naito is a former world champion. Yeah, he, he was a double champ. He held the uh, Intercontinental as well. Yeah, in fact, he was not a world champion. He was the heavyweight champion and the Intercontinental champion. Right. Actually merged into the world championship. So. There you go. And coming up on television over the next two days, first, starting with tonight, Vice TV is doing their Dark Side of the Ring is done, but they do have a documentary coming out on China tonight. So very interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, myself as well. That that the DVR is already set for that one. There you go. Impact tonight. We have a bunch of matches: Kojima versus Rhino, TJP versus Black Tarus, Steve Macklin's debuting. We have Tennille Dashwood versus Rachel Ellering, Madman Fulton versus Josh Alexander. We're supposed to find out what's going on with Sammy Callahan. And at noon today, so an hour and a half from when I'm speaking this right now, there's supposed to be some sort of announcement about a destructive match for Slammiversary. So I don't know if that's pertaining to Sammy Callahan or what, but that is on the docket. Yeah, that's interesting because you think destruction, you think it probably would involve Callahan, but if they're announcing it at noon today, then they haven't had a chance to whatever ridiculous scenario they're going to come up with to bring Callahan right back after being fired. That hasn't played out yet, so it's probably not going to involve Callahan if the announcement's happening at noon. So very interesting to find yeah. out what that is. Yeah, And on BTI, which is their before the Impact pre-show, it's Jake something versus Davari. And what I like about this is that Davari now works for WWE as a producer. <laughs> this could have been filmed two months ago with Impact because yes. they, they knock out three months at a time, you know, in a week in their taping sometimes. Right. Right. He's got to get pinned on his way out of the territory. So there you go. <laughs> I got to do the job. SmackDown, we have Kevin Owens and Big E versus Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin with the crown on the line. And Angelo Dawkins versus Otis. New so Japan's that crown. Yeah. That's the highlight of the show for me tonight, I think. <laughs> 
or tomorrow night. New Japan Strong, Josh Alexander is on the card. I think that's the big newsworthy thing there. And then on Dynamite, Wardlow versus Jake Hager, Andrade sit down with JR, Pena, Kingston, and Kazarian versus Matt Jackson and the Good Brothers, Orange Cassidy versus Cesar Bononi, Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, and Cody Rhodes and Brock Anderson versus Aaron Solo and QT Marshall. And then you got the five-match Hell in a Cell card, which, John, the interesting thing about Hell in a Cell is there's more women's matches than there are men's matches right now. That is something, isn't it? Yes. And one of the one of the matches, I think the only one on the card not for a title, was that Alexa Bliss and Shayna Baszler match. That's all kinds of interesting stuff could happen there. And she wasn't even on Raw this week, so I don't know. She might be recovering from that beatdown that the doll put on her. We'll see. <laughs> All right, John, did we leave anything out? How could we have possibly with all that we've covered? Yeah, I don't think we could have. (laughs) I don't think we could have. All right, then. For John, I'm Ryan. That's been our show. Thanks, everybody. We will see you again on Monday. And uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do give us a five-star rating. Like it. Do all that stuff. Share this if you're watching anywhere else. uh, And tell your friends about it. And we'll see you on Monday. See you.